The more important piece. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love that for you. Thank you. I love that for me, too. Uh, you know what's really funny is going to uh, – we were talking about this when you were uh, – when when you were taping football, right for kids, right? Oh God, yeah. it's really funny going to events with your parents. Like my dad never wrestled, right? And so we're at the the Class C championships yesterday, watching, and he's yelling like supportive and encouraging things that he thinks are also good advice mm. to uh, <laughs> to the wrestlers, but they end up coming across as like. Like when he's saying them, I'm like, what are you talking about? And like, if they hear you, do you think they know what you're talking about? You know, like, yeah, he's like, there are certain things that you would yell. Like if someone's trying to pin someone, you, you yell like, and they need to like anchor back and pressure down on them. You'd be like, you'd be like, settle back, settle back anchors, like stuff settle like that. Down. Meanwhile, meanwhile, my dad's, yeah, my, my dad's like, settle down. <laughs> it's like, settle down. What? <laughs> no, no, wrong, wrong cue, dad. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> He's like, he's like, you got to move him again. It's like, that's, that's too many words to you be helpful. <laughs> well, and you got to imagine like, they probably don't even hear the people in the stands that no. are yelling things, but it's just funny. And then at one point I've got some guy behind me. That's like, he's yelling at what, this was only during the finals. I don't know where this guy came from. He wasn't there all day. And then all of a sudden he's posted up behind me. He's the loudest person in the stands. His breath smells like cigarettes. I didn't even turn around to look at him because it irritated me so much that I eventually moved like just quietly. But the dude's like that. just yelling. He's yelling the advice to whatever wrestler he's rooting for like two seconds after it's useful. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there in my brain. I'm like, what is he's on you, a delay this would be the worst coach ever <laughs> like, is he, like he's got a he's got a wi-fi delay going on there you should have gone for that takedown coach that was seconds ago that you was two matches even, ago yeah yeah, I, yeah coach <laughs> this is a new match now <laughs> people just get amped up about sports and all i could yeah. think was like is this what it's like in the stands at like a football game is it just a bunch of people yelling advice toward the field at like the top of their volume, yeah. you know, like just like yeah. everyone's yelling something different, you know, or it's like relatively crazy. similar, but like in a different way. Could, <laughs> and and you're like, and everyone's yelling it like that's what's going to make the difference. It's such a funny thing. Yeah, because they're one line about you make sure you get that tackle. That's going to save the game. That's the game yeah, yeah, winning. That's yeah. going to win the By game. By the time them. you get done saying make sure you get that, ta it's already gone. It's gone. <laughs> like, the next down has started. They've too many said words, hike. man. <laughs> too many words. Yeah. Yep. Imagine if coaches coached that way. I think that'd be great. Um, imagine if coaches were were reactive, over there like, not proactive. Like, Make sure you look to your left before you get that ta the tackles there. Now you got to go get. Oh, it's gone. You missed it. All right, <laughs> good job. <laughs> <laughs> look out for the blitz. They're realigning right now. You're gonna have to hike the and ball the right ground. now, or we're gonna get the delay. Oh, we got the delay again. Gotcha. Like, <laughs> it's very reactive coaching style. <laughs> Make sure you cast the pass. <laughs> oh, you already dropped it. He's coming right at you. He might juke you out. Make sure you get that. Ta oh, you didn't get the tackle. He, could ju he juked you out.
Don't let him juke you. Oh, he already juked you. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's gone. It's oh, gone. No. Who Maybe is this coach? I want this coach to exist. It's Mr. Reactive. <laughs> Mr. Reactive. Perfect. Let's react to some shit today. You ready? Let's do it. All right. All right. Ready to clap? Three, two, one. Perfect. On time. Every time. Welcome back to another episode of the Unpop Podcast. I am your host and captain, Kevin Miner. Todo siempre. With me, as always, is... O.D. Matthews, the chef, cooking up the wonderful reactive content today. They, them. Perfect. Make sure you get that tackle, Odie. Oh, you, oh, you missed uh, it. Oh, God. You missed that tackle, Odie. Make sure you cut the onion. Oh, you already did. <laughs> cut the onion? I don't what, know. Are, what are you? Are you coaching chopped? I'm cooking. Like, yeah, I'm cooking while what I is coach. <laughs> You're standing off to the side. Make sure you cut that onion. Oh, yeah. you didn't cut the onion. It's in the I'm gonna be water. A, I'm gonna the be whole onion's in there. For uh, for cooking shows. <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> Shut the oven. Good job. You're, you're nailing it. Is the oven set to 400? <laughs> it is? Good. Is it preheated? You're, you're crushing this. You're crushing this. That would actually – that would be a funny reality show is to see who's better at coaching people to cook than cooking. I, I would you know? compete in that in a heartbeat or judge it, either one. I would just sit next to the contestant and be like, why are you doing that? <laughs> That's horrible coaching. Like, That's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, why are you doing that? Just play mental games with them. Oh, you're cutting the yeah. onion like that? Those are your dice well, slices? Those if you are your get the right slices? person and they – yeah. If they work under – the you know the right amount of pressure they'll probably yeah. positively respond to that you know? do you think your chicken's seared enough that's the sear you're going with okay <laughs> you have to hustle <laughs> you have to hustle you would call Why that medium rare that? okay hey okay you call it medium rare if you want <laughs> yep that looks more like medium smear to me <laughs> medium smear <laughs> what is this bit I don't know. I'm just making stuff up now. What are we, <laughs> uh, what are we, what are we talking about today? I was Well, we we're talking about a lot stuff. of stuff today. Yeah, we got some stuff. Uh, I really wanted to come in. Uh, some interesting stuff has been coming my way via the algorithm. The, <gasps> the vacuous. Oh, I'm going to play uh, <laughs> I'm gonna play gospel music there because the algorithm is <laughs> like the new, the new god of the world. Behold, I am the algorithm. Like, it basically is. I, that's how people talk about it. They're like, well, you know, the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, they talk like it's some sentient being. <laughs> so I was at church the other day, and, you know, we all took communion for the algorithm. The algorithm gods, please bless me And then me because today. I took communion, the algorithm was just putting, like, crackers on my feed. Like, yeah. it was like <laughs> hey, I, I, I treat the algorithm <laughs> like a god. Do you? You're yes. like <laughs> You're just scrolling. You're like, yes, thank you, God. Thank no, you, No, for my own videos, I go, before I, before I publish or schedule, I go, okay. Dear algorithm gods of the YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok world plane, please. Please accept my hashtag please. tithings. Just let me get some views, please. Your hashtag tithings. Yep. Uh, hashtag tithings. I love that. <laughs> uh, I love that, too. I also love that hashtags are, like, both used but also not as, as used as they used to be. Remember, like, everything used to have 100 hashtags. Now mm. it's like, well, maybe there's 12. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you just need, like, five. Uh but yeah, so um, one thing that's been popping up and probably because I've been doing a lot of coaching and because I've been delving more into like topics like this for reading and, and so maybe it's just prevalent, but like there's there's a new culture that's called like anti-work slash anti-hustle. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. come my way, uh, which is very um, timely, I guess. But like it's 
it's people like and there's there's a positive version there's a negative version of it like you know going back to something that we've touched on quite a few times i think that there's there's a pendulum of culture that kind of shifts back and forth you know like we're like we're like it's all about hustle culture and we all hustle real hard and everyone's motivation monday and all that stuff and then we're like we're all burnt out and we start swaying back the other way you know like it's like to the other yeah. side let's let's swing <laughs> anti-work anti-hustle but there's there's actually uh as as these things were popping up, there's I had some interesting thoughts. I was kind of, you know, delving more into it, as you do. And I was thinking about, you know, hustle culture actually had its roots, even though, like, because the term is more modern, you might consider it like a 20-teens a thing or even like an early 2000s thing. Um, hustle culture has its roots in the 70s. Like, that's mm. where... That's where it really came from, like the era yeah. where at the same time something that you were hearing was like, oh, the hippies are cutting off their hair and joining Wall Street. You know, like that's yeah. when Tech Valley first started popping up and like a lot of the, you know, the forward movement that brought us to where we are today started in the 70s. Um, and hustle culture came along with that. It was it was a lot of people who were willing to work more than the nine to five in their office jobs and things mm -hmm. like that and like really hustle. Right. Yeah. For well, whatever they then, were going to get you were a lot more rewarded too because you know back then you your salaries you know you could afford a house you could afford a car you could yeah if you worked if you if you were born you know before the 80s and you worked in the 80s and 90s and even into the early 2000s like you were gonna benefit yes because Agreed. of that the way that it was set up now yeah. not the same if you follow the same things we did in no. the 80s and 90s it's, you're not gonna have the same results yeah, no. And and you know, but like um going going along the lines of just like the cultural annotations um and connotations, what what ends up happening there is you've got this hustle culture that goes into the 2000s and then like the new younger group like our age group, you know, our demographic kind of picks up on it and we start doing that. And really where anti anti-hustle culture started was during the pandemic when all of a sudden we couldn't hustle right like like all of a sudden the world was like no no don't hustle because you have to be around each other to do that too much so so slow down everybody mm -hmm. everybody go work from home or take a break right and working from home in itself is anti-hustle culture right because hustle culture was like i'm i'm constantly in work mode and i'm yeah. at work for i'm at the X office 24 time, right? hours a day eight yeah. days a week and then we realized, oh, shit, we didn't have to do that. Not only did we not have to do that this entire time, now some of us can be hybrid. Now some of us can be work from home. Like, I work from home one day a week, right? Yeah. Um, but in recognizing those things, this new anti-hustle culture came up because people were like, oh, as it, as it would turn out, a lot of the mental health issues I was running into were from me overworking myself and burning out. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And now – but it, so what ends up happening with that pendulum swing is then some people start preemptively diagnosing burnout, right? They're like, they're, 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 they're saying like, I'm tired, I'm burnt out, which is not tired and burnt out are not the same thing. First off, it's subjective. So I can't tell anybody whether or not they're just tired or burnt out. But I can, I can tell you there's, there's larger signs of burnout than there are for like, you know, just fatigue or tiredness or like you, maybe you need a day, right? Yeah, well, like um, a good point about that, the yeah. other day, Him I think I told you, I, I ended up like napping on the couch at like 5.30 and then at like 8, I just rolled myself into bed and slept until 5. Then I, I slept for like 12 hours and yeah. I needed it. And I That's honestly, good. 
I went into work the next day being like, oh, like I just, I wasn't burned out like I thought I was. I was mentally yeah. exhausted. And because I was mentally exhausted, my body was like, we need to just like comatose for about 12 hours. And then I, yeah. we were like, all right, we're good. Let's go. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and really, you know, I do the same thing. Like, like sometimes I'll push myself and push myself and push myself and I'll have like such a busy week, you know, and that's actually, that's probably going to happen pretty soon um, where I'm going to just, my weeks are going to be so freaking busy that like, I'm going to need Saturday into Sunday to recoup. Like it's not, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's not a lot of downtime. Like, but that's because I, I want to do, I do a lot of things that I want to do that make me very active both in work and in my personal life on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I, I work Monday through Friday. I'm in the office every day, but luckily my commute is like eight minutes, which is fantastic. And I love my job. You know, I I actually, most of the time actually I'm like, I'm not excited to go into work. You know, I'm not like, but I'm not like, I'm like very much like, Oh cool. Like I'm going to work today. Like, I don't mind. It's very much like that mindset. Yeah. Now, I mean, but yeah, one the, the well, where I was really going with this is like, there's there's a balance between the two because now people who are going more of the entrepreneur route are also part of like anti hustle culture, but that mm. if you're gonna be an entrepreneur in a lot of in a lot of cases, right? And once again, this is this is me just kind of analyzing the patterns that I've seen that need to be in place for certain things to work. Um, This is about the annotations and connotations of adhering to a culture as if it were an ideology rather than taking notes from different behaviors that exist in culture. But like if you're part of anti-hustle culture and you're an entrepreneur, you might be like selling yourself short every week because when you're an entrepreneur, part of that is the endeavor, the risk, the effort, the energy that goes into it. And yeah, there will be moments that you feel burnt out. And so you have to find proactive ways to combat that, like like having a good support system, having people that you can talk to, making sure that you actually take a day off every week, right? But like taking a day off or taking like part of a day to just rest, reset, recoup isn't anti-work. You know? Yeah, no, of course not. And like, oh, that was, I'm sorry. My point not was that I go to the work Monday through Friday. It's that I agree with you. Like the weekends, like I, I, I'm, I keep myself fairly busy seven days a week, but my busyness is, it it depends on the day, right? Like my busyness that I keep myself at work is very different than the busyness I keep myself on in the weekends. Like yesterday I, you know, I recorded another podcast with somebody I did a little bit of YouTube work for like maybe an hour and then I deep cleaned my apartment for three hours. I was like, you know what? Like I'm in the mood to just deep clean and straighten up everything. And then I prepped snacks and then I had D and D for five hours. Then Mm -hmm. I watched a movie and then I went to bed. And for me, some people might be like, Oh, like you had a pretty relaxing day. It was like, well, I was busy. Like I was busy all day doing stuff that I wanted to do. Like I have a list of things on the weekend that I'm like, this is the stuff that I can't do during the week because I'm just too tired or too busy or I'll burn myself out legitimately. Yeah. So the weekends, yes, I still want to stay busy, but it's a different kind of busy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I've, I've structured my work week in a way where Monday I have meetings. I'm, I'm getting recapped from the weekend. It, it's, it's often busy, but not as busy as Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which are, 
pretty much every week they're straight through sprint because yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's work from seven to three, maybe even four sometimes. Then I'm in the thick of it because I'm like, you know, training or doing something after work. I usually have some f- sort of an engagement and then it's work the next day. Then Friday, what I've done is I've picked that day as like my ad- more administrative day. Like if I'm in the office, my door's open. I'm kind of like I'm recapping. I'm sending emails. I'm communicating. I'm doing some some of the stuff that's like mentally can be intensive but not as much as the rest of the week you know yeah and that helps me get ready then for the weekend because the last thing that i do in what i would consider the five-day work week which like you know we Mm. could have a whole other conversation about five versus four i think i i'm on the side of four but me too like at the end of that the last thing that i do is you know i've got then muay thai conditioning and judo so like it's a very disciplined and regimented week. And then I take Saturday and Sunday to do a little bit more of what I want. But even on Saturday, there's sparring and stuff. But like going back to the hustle versus anti-hustle culture is both of them kind of carry these messages that like if you're not careful, become ideologies. One creates burnout and the other one sells yourself short. Right. And so when when I'm looking at these two things and like the different people, because when it comes to social media, content creation, people tend to pick a topic, pick a niche, pick a theme, pick a motif and then stick to that. And so whoever's content you are consuming, you are most readily consuming, a, I would say, a tailored or even curated version of that person's engagement with culture overall right so Mm. it's very specified and a lot of people would watch that interpret it go okay yes hustle culture that's the way and that's how it ends up reinforcing itself as an ideology that perpetuates burnout or they're like oh yes anti-hustle culture that's the way and it becomes a cult you know then they interpret that only rather than looking at both doing compare and contrast, you know, like and applying a critical lens and then saying, okay, cool. Well, where, where are the pros and cons of each of these and how do I maybe weigh them out and figure out how to balance between the two? Yeah. I mean, as a content creator and, you know, in a couple of days, the interview with Bo is going to come out and, and we, we touched on this towards the end of our conversation about kind of, it's, it's about, for me, it's a balance, right? Like, Mm-hmm. I think I very much am hustle and anti-hustle at the same time, you know, like I think there are some things that I hustle for and then there are some things where the anti-hustle in me kind of comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's like, being human, right? Like yeah. you pick the things that matter and then you dedicate time and effort to them. Exactly. And yeah, yeah like for content creation – I think it kind of going in line with what you said about like entrepreneurs, like I have found myself a lot more up until recently, like there was so many times where I was like, well, I got to get this video done. I got to do this video, but then I also have to work. And then I also want to do this, but I also want to watch TV and then I also want to relax. And it became like stressful to do anything other than just work. And Mm. the problem with that is, then it became even more stressful because I'm like, well, all I'm doing is working and I'm not doing anything else that I enjoy. But then trying to do the things I enjoy was stressful because it was eating up all my time, but I wanted time to relax. You know what I mean? Like it was just like a perpetual mm-hmm. cycle until I was like, oh, okay, like 
I need to find a healthy balance here. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And like, you know, where I would capitulate at least part of this thought, um, or rather recapitulate the majority of this thought. Yeah. Even the majority of this thought is the more I see the two different tailored sides of this, uh, these this culture perspective on culture the more i recognize that what when it comes down to it the the two more important things that you have are perspective and intentionality um because there are going to be times where yeah you're gonna have to have more of a hustle culture mindset like you're there's there's stuff like you only have so much time to be alive right you only have so much time to get things done that resource is going away only ever going away for you so like you do have to hustle sometimes. And there are things like there are parts of hustle culture that make a lot of sense, like make sacrifices, make hard decisions, do them faster. Um, and, and you do that as a favor for yourself because you don't want to waste time. And then after that, be intentional with like your leisure as well. You know, like uh, leisure is something that you shouldn't be taking for granted because you're always in work mode. Leisure is something that you also are intentional with. You get done what you need to get done every week so that you can then do a little bit more of what you want to do. And that's always been the case. Yeah. You know, even before the the modern revolution, even before the industrial revolution, like you did what you need to do to survive, right? Like, uh, you know, like um, building a house or, you know, working in the community to have a little bit of like goods or value that you could barter so that you could then, uh, could, so that, when you did have free time, you could actually sit on your porch and enjoy it, right? You, <laughs> com- comfortably, confidently knowing that there was food in the near future ready for you. And you were not, you were like relatively safe barring any catastrophic events, you know? Um, and we're, it, it, it's, although it's evolved over time and it's infinitely more complex than it used to be, the the baseline component pieces of want need where you're at perspective intentionality and the balance that we're talking about they they've all stayed the same right yeah yeah no i mean i don't know i think i think minds not mindset time management becomes a, a missing piece for a lot of people yeah because and i've talked to people that you know try to fit you know 14 hours into a 10 hour day of, of actual time to do stuff right and you can't and you can't and no where speaking of burnout where i have talked to other people not creators but people that have tried to become creators whether yeah. it be on youtube tiktok instagram or whatever and they were like well i just i didn't have the time to keep making my content and then you know that yeah. conversation progresses and it ends up being more of oh well like I tried to do too much and because I tried to do too much, I was too exhausted. And yes. that is something that even with time management very much can happen because it's happened to me even with mm-hmm. my the best of my time management. But I will say that the more you work on your time management, like the way I look at it and, and put it into perspective is mm-hmm. if you want to wake up at 5 a.m., you're going to have to give yourself at least probably two weeks of waking up at 5 a.m. before you're like, oh, this isn't so bad anymore. But that first day you wake up at 5 a.m., your first thought's going to be to go back to bed. The second day, you're going to want to go back Mm -hmm. to bed. You know, it's – but it is like – it's consistency and that's one of my 
least favorite and favorite things in this realm is like consistency is so important but in a lot of ways and in some areas i believe consistency can also be complacency and complacency is a killer so like it's also kind of finding that line of being consistent in things but not letting it get you to be complacent yeah because then you come home and you're like well I'm going to watch because I mean, I've done this. Like, I'm not saying this is something I've done where like I need to do something. But I'm like, well, if I watch an episode of this TV show and then I do this and I do this, well, then I'll do this after. And then by the time eight o'clock rolls around, I'm like, well, I don't want to do that anymore. I'll do it tomorrow. And then that that becomes a perpetual cycle. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. The the way that like, you know, I said very late last year that I was going to be more intentional with my time. And I have been. And I can say that, like, you know, and you and I talked about this before we were even recording, but, like, I can say, like, part of that, it, there is an extreme form of ownership, right, uh, that comes with that. It's very Jocko Willink. It's very, like, can this be done now? Okay, cool. Get it done now. Yeah. Like, don't make the excuse for it. Don't get it done later. Uh, you know, like, can it feasibly be done now without messing anything up? Yeah, go ahead. Do it, right? Like, even if it's going to make you, like, even if it's going to take an extra minute, get it done. It's worth it to get the things done that you need to get done, you know, like on a daily basis, like, you know, going back to what I was saying and tying it into your time management piece, it's, it's perspective. Like what is the perspective that you're going to take on this? You can call it mindset if you want, but it's your perspective. That's the key component of this is like, what's the perspective that you're going to take on what you have to do and what you want to do? How are you going to then manage the time that you have available to do those two things? And how are you going to hold yourself accountable for those? How are you going to be intentional with both both parts of that time, right? Mm-hmm. That intentionality equals that accountability. It comes out to that in the long run. And that's something that I was thinking about a lot this week because, like, one thing that came across my way was, like, hey, uh, here's this audition for Into the Woods. Oh, it's yeah. a Sondheim musical. And I had to sit down and really critically ask myself, like, do I have time for this? And so I sat down and I was like, okay, I, I do have the time for it. I can make this time commitment work, but how does that work? And I really had to think about it because I was like, okay, how do I do this without burning out? Because the to manage the time that it would take to wake up early, do everything that I normally do in the morning, get to work, get work done, get done with work, do the things that I want to do to continue progressing myself in my work life. Right. And my personal life, like training, the things that I've done that I've committed to for my own mental, you know, emotional, personal, physical health. uh, And then also be responsible enough to go to these rehearsals. Like and what that means is going back to like I was I was mentioning like that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday block. I looked at those and I was like, oh, those are real full days, but they're already full days. They're already there. So all I have to do is is be more intentional up front with that and the sacrifice that I make in order to do this, which is something that I wanted to do um, when I really sat down and like properly thought about it. The sacrifice that I make in order to do this is being more intentional with my time, even on the weekends. It means saying no to certain things. Right. And, yeah. uh, and a big piece of both of both hustle and uh, anti hustle culture that I don't, 
think gets touched on enough is the power of saying no to free yourself up to do things that you need to or want to do is a it, it's a necessary component of each part of that right and i think neither one of those things going back to where we started not, neither hustle nor anti-hustle culture are mutually exclusive i think they're actually inclusive and i think that like you were saying you you can do both and and in many ways you have to do both right the psychological concept for that is cognitive dissonance you have to be able to hold both ideas in your mind at the same time and then work out which parts of them work the best for you this week and make the best choice that you can. And then at the end of it, you have to have the clarity of thought to go back and go, okay, did that work out the way that I thought it did, the, yeah. that I thought it would? Is is this going to be, uh, it, it, can I replicate this again? Would I replicate this again, you know? Yeah, and what I will say, because I don't want this to get confused with if you've seen – I want this to be very confusing. Keep going. I'm not talking – I don't think you are either. I don't think either of us are, are talking like those entrepreneur finance bros that are like, I wake up at 4 a.m. I'm in the gym by 4.30. I'm in the gym for two hours. I'm eating three meals before 9 p.m. I'm writing in my journal. I'm doing a nice plunge. I'm at the office from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yeah. You know, like, no, no, yeah. no. No, not talking – you don't – that's if you want to do that go ahead like if you want to you know have a 20 hour day go for it like if you want to wake up at 3 a.m to mm -hmm. because you think your body i literally saw a clip where this guy was like i'm at the gym at 3 30 in the morning because that's when your body is most in tune with the earth's gravity or something like some crazy statement like that like that's nuts that's insane right but like i do think i would look at that guy and be like okay that's why everybody's always gone to the gym at 3 30 yeah morning, exactly right? yeah, <laughs> yeah of course right like that's why i'm fast asleep that's that's why human gravity. that's why that's why our our day cycle works the way that it does yeah, right course, that's that's yeah. why we're usually asleep at 3 30 in the morning yeah. right because gravity's keeping me in bed um yeah. that's, that's, what, <laughs> that's what it is i'll tell yeah. you that right now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but what i mean is like if you want to if you want to live your life that way go for it right but i don't think I don't like and I, I don't agree with these – and I'm going to call it what it is. These these boomers and these celebrities that are in a privileged position. Like I've seen people like Whoopi Goldberg be like, oh, these kids don't want to work hard these days. They don't want to put in the effort. And it's like that's not necessarily it. It's that mm. back when – you know, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, when you put the effort in, when you stayed at the office for 12 hours – you yeah. were rewarded and you were compensated because you could afford a new car. You could afford a new house. But now it doesn't benefit me to give anybody more than the eight hours of my salary or if I'm scheduled yeah. to work. It doesn't, it doesn't benefit me to, to work seven days a week if I'm only getting paid for five. It doesn't benefit me to work a 12-hour day if I'm only getting paid for eight because maybe – and I think, you know – I think at my job, my boss would definitely reward me because he's a super nice guy and I work for a smaller company. But I would say on the whole, like my previous job where we're, you know, a billion dollar corporation, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to reward you for putting in twice as much effort for the same outcome. Like yeah. at my old job, when I was a trainer, you know, I was flying all the time. I was in uh, three weeks out of the month. I, I was in a new state, new city, you know, training people. And mm -hmm. there were so many times where I would be up at like 5 a.m. and I wouldn't get back to my hotel until 8 p.m. And 
it got to the point where I was like, well, what is, what am I, what am I doing? Like, why am I working a 14, 16 hour day and I'm a salary employee? Like, yeah. why am I busting my back and, and twisting my schedule? And where I'm going with this is that is when it becomes impossible to do the things that you want to do. Like we're talking about here. Like yeah. when I was working those 14 hour days for no fucking reason at my old job, I was hurting myself more in the sense that when I got home, there was no way I was going to be able to do anything I wanted to do. And even if I did have mm -hmm. the energy, I probably wouldn't have the motivation. And that is yes. where I think hustle culture gets a, a very bad rap because there are people out there that are like, well, if you're not putting 16 hours in at your company, like you're not dedicated. If you're not, if you're not a hundred percent dedicated to your job and it's like, no, there's a reason why a yeah. recent study 50%, 56% of Gen Z in workers in the workforce today prioritize their home life happiness over their job. And I totally yeah. agree with that. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a job and be like, this is a job. It pays the bills. If I'm supposed to be here from seven to three, I'm clocking in at seven. I'm leaving at three. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, we actually, you're reminding me, we did a really interesting, uh, when I was in college, in one of my sports psychology classes, we did this exercise where you had to take you had to take these five concepts. You had to take uh, life philosophy, personal happiness, family, uh, friends, work, success, like all of these different things. You had to pick five, right? You know how like then like that. You know it's the classic MySpace prompt. It's the it's the new Instagram prompt. Like pick five, right? Um, but our teacher had us do this with these big concepts for our life. They had us uh, pick five and we had to put them in the order of importance that they were to us. And we could only pick five. You couldn't put two on the same line. If, if you had omitted one, it didn't mean that it didn't matter to you. It just meant that like the other five were that much more important. Right. Mm -hmm. um, or even if like the fifth and the sixth were close, like it's just the, the fifth one out. So you had to make these hard choices. I was the only person in my class who put personal philosophy first. Hmm. The only one out of 33 people who put personal life philosophy first. And I think that's indicative of my approach to it. And like my teacher very reasonably like singled me out in that class <laughs> because it, well, they were like, Kevin, why did you pick personal philosophy and happiness over everything else. And I was like, well, cause if my personal philosophy isn't in line and if my happiness isn't there, how can I be a good person for my family? The other things I put were like uh, family work success, right? Or, you know, like the, like yeah. the, or family friend success. I forget the other three, but the, I remember the top two were personal uh, philosophy and happiness. And I was like, if, if I don't have those two things in line, if I don't keep myself in check, if I'm not balancing myself out responsibly and properly, then how can I be good in any of those other areas? How can I achieve success? How can I be a good worker? How can I be there for my family and friends if I'm not taking care of myself enough? Um, and I remember like the whole class like kind of like went quiet because no one had even thought that deep. Like they just, they saw the concepts and they took them at face value and arranged them. Right. Um, and that's now I'm looking at these two things, these, this, this hustle and anti hustle culture, these two 
uh, let's call them, I'm looking at, it's a dichotomy. That's what it is. It's a dichotomy, right? These two things and they, they aren't necessarily opposed, but they're available for, you know, critical analysis at our leisure and the dichotomy of these two things. Uh, the, the way that I'm looking at them and the perspective that I'm taking on them is like, all right, cool. Well, in both of those, like if you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're starting your own company, guess what? you have to engage in a certain level of hustle, hustle culture. You have to take ownership of that, yeah. right? There's going to be sacrifices that you make and there you're, you will face burnout because that's the choice that you made. You picked a thing, right? You, you chose, I'm going to start my own thing. Um, and like you said, Odie, you know, like a lot of times in the workforce, your salaried paycheck isn't you know like if you put in 16 hours you're not going to get more out of that salary but if you start if you're an entrepreneur if you're starting your own thing and you're doing your own thing you're congrats you've chosen hustle culture yeah you have because because you can put in 16 hours and that does equal more for you you. can make more that because it's your thing (laughs) yeah and on the flip side of that i would say you know and again, not saying that any of these things are bad. If you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to do hustle culture and you want to work 20 hours a day to try to get your business off the ground or make money, go for it. Like if yeah. that's your passion. And on the flip side of that, I don't personally think if somebody right has a studio apartment and they have a job, let's say they're like an Uber driver or they do like yeah. DoorDash, right? And they're like, well, I make enough money to pay my bills. I have enough money to you know do my hobby, whether it be like, I don't know, let's say they like, go bowling. I don't know, whatever. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with someone's like, well, I'm just doing the bare minimum in my effort towards this area of my life. So Mm -hmm. I can do nothing and doing nothing at home, laying on the couch, watching TV, watching movies, playing video games. That is my enjoyment. What they want to do. So I do the bare minimum that I can over here. I'm an Uber driver. I do it five days a week and I make this much money and that's more than enough for me. And I'm happy. That is fine. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sick of seeing on on it's mainly on TikTok. It's again boomers that are like, you know, oh these people they don't want to work hard and it's like, well maybe that person is working hard for what they want. Maybe yeah. them Uber or DoorDashing 5 days a week, maybe that's not a lot of effort in your eyes, but for them that's that's hard work for them and and it, yeah. and they're rewarded by being able to, you know, spend 20 hours on Fallout, you know? Which yep. that's my dream. Yeah. For me, yeah, for me, like, it's always, it's becoming, especially as I'm, like, maturing as, uh, as, as an adult, um, what, what's happening for me is I'm, I'm finding more, like, yeah, it's okay for me to answer a late work email or to get some stuff done before I'm even in the office. Like, that's okay. But it's okay because I know that I'm doing something that's easing the workload later. Right. So like, even if I did own my own business, like I would, I would be like, okay, well, well, this is the thing that I'm accepting. So it, you know, it comes back down to that perspective, like be aware of your choices, take ownership of the thing that you've picked and then apply however much of each of those cultural nuances that you need in order to balance yourself out. Yeah. I mean, like end of this month, we are in a gigantic nine day long home and garden show here in Denver, the company I work yep. for. Yeah. Now these shifts at the home and garden show, like we're, you know, we have a booth. They're okay. anywhere from eight hours to six hours, but they're, you know, they go from like 10 AM to like 7 PM or 12 PM or, you know, noon to six. Right. So like 
not my normal working hours. And my boss was like, hey, I think you'd be like, I really want you as our director of marketing to be at the booth Monday through Friday for the, not yeah. the weekend. You don't have to worry about the weekends. But he's like, you know, I want you to be there. Are you okay with that? And so what that yeah. means is now for that week, I will probably be working close to 12 hour days because I'm going to have to go into the office, get my mm-hmm. normal workload done, drive mm-hmm. over to the convention center and work a yep. booth. Right. And now my first knee jerk reaction was, wow, I really don't want to put in 12 hours a day. Like, I really don't want to do that that week. Yeah. Then uh, shortly after I was like, well, okay, I guess that'll be a good week for me to set myself up to where I just do my job. I go to the convention center. I do that. And then I'm going to reward myself because that week I'll just make sure that I do everything I need for like YouTube, podcasting. And then when I get home, I'm just going to pick a movie a day and I'm going to watch a movie a day. Like that's going to be my my downtime. So as long as I do what I need to do that Saturday before to set myself up, mm-hmm. then this week specifically, I'm fine with putting extra hours in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, that's a that's a really good note. I mean, the more proactive you are with your week, the better off you are, you know? Yeah. And again, normally I probably wouldn't be too keen on putting in the extra hours, but this is something that I think will be fun. Um, you know, I'm still relatively new and I'm trying to, you know, make a, a huge impression because I would like to get promoted. I would like to get raises and showing initiative like that in small, healthy, and that's the key, small and healthy doses of putting in those extra hours for me personally is rewarding because in this, I'm like, oh, this, I'm probably going to get some kind of, and I don't want to use the word reward, like I'm only doing it to get rewarded, but this will have benefits for me down the line, putting in well, some also, extra work. Will that, will it give you a sense of satisfaction to do it? Yes, I'm actually, honestly, I'm kind of excited because it's what it is is six hours of interacting with strangers. And I love to talk to people as an extroverted person. Mm -hmm. So, like, cool. Well, that's probably the most important part. Right. Like, if it's going to, like, and I think that's where a lot of people um, are getting burnt out that are entering the workforce now is there's, there's so many jobs that aren't like, and yeah, a job doesn't have to be fulfilling, but it's, if it's not your your rate of burnout's going to be higher, right? Like yeah. and so like for you when I asked that question, "Hey, are you going to get a sense of satisfaction from that?" You're like, "Yeah." Um that means that it's going to be that much easier for you to not burn out on that, right? You yeah. know, for me, I get a sense of satisfaction when I accomplish things during the week and when my work is appreciated. And it's the same for anybody. Yeah. That's all we are ever looking for, right? And Validation. hustle culture wasn't guaranteeing that for everyone. It was for some people and it still does. Right. But like, but anti work culture is, is someone saying, all right, well, I'm definitely not getting anything out of hustle culture. So that's why I'm adhering to this thing. Right. And, you know, going back to where I originally started, like having either one of those become the ideology, become the culture that you're picking a hundred percent is I think selling it, it, it's eschewing your perspective on your work and on work in general and yeah. on the amount of uh, fulfillment that you're going to allow yourself to get out of it. I agree. And I mean, like, to your point about anti hustle, right? Like, for that week, I'm going to be leaning into hustle culture because I'm like, we said, we put the hours in, it's worth it, it's rewarding, yada, yada, yada. But on mm-hmm. the flip side, I know that there are people that we asked to work the home and garden show. That if we had asked them, their answer would have been no. And the reason why is because they would have been like, well, that 
that's is that's extra work for me and i don't want yeah. to do that yeah you know and again i have no problem with that you know one person was like oh like honestly i don't really want to do that because it'll interfere with this side of my job and like that's just too much for me okay cool. yeah like yo that's totally fine on the other hand we had one person when i emailed out for volunteers he called me immediately and was like put me down for all nine days no breaks every shift and i was like all nine like straight and he was like yep and I was like, are you, wow. are you sure? And he was like, yep, I want to do it. And I was like, say less, dude. Put them on the board. I was like, you're my lead. You're in charge. People are going to report to you for this because you're going to be there all nine days. So go. even though this is an extremely successful salesman, he's, you know, he's really good. His numbers are great. Yeah. Giving him, him wanting to volunteer for the nine days also rewarded him in the sense that myself his direct boss and the boss of the company was like, well, then you're going to get rewarded by being the lead. You're going to be in charge. Like here's some extra responsibility for you that we know you're okay with because we're going to make sure you're well rewarded with this. Yeah. And I think it's cool. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and, and it sounds like he's got a good perspective on it. Like he's, he's like, yep, I'm in. That's what I want. There this guy go. apparently didn't take a single day off last year. <clears throat> well, like, except for his, like, you know, he obviously he took days off, but like, he didn't call into work. He didn't take a vacation. Like, you know, he worked his, he doesn't work a Monday through Friday. He works like a Wednesday through Monday or something cool. or Wednesday through Sunday. And apparently outside of his normal, like two days off that, you know, you get, he didn't mm -hmm. take vacation, didn't take time off because he is a salesman and he has the hustle culture mind where he's like, well, if I'm not at work selling, I'm not making money. Well, he's right. And he's totally right. Yeah. Now, when you do sales like that is that's your bread and butter. Yeah. And there's salespeople out there that I'm sure that are like, I'm working bare minimum as long as I get the money I need. But this guy's yeah. like, I want to be rich. And hey, why not? Let him be. Yeah. Um. Cool, man. Uh. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he's very self-aware. Right. Uh, at least I hope he is. Right. Yeah. He's, he's taking care of himself, even though he's got like that, that hustle mindset. Hopefully he doesn't get burnt out. It doesn't his sound name like is, his name is out. Kevin. Funny enough. That is funny. Yeah. Kevin's like, <laughs> as far as I know, Kevin's <laughs> like to have projects. Um, yeah. You know, like most of the Kevins I know, in, especially including myself, um, I like to have a project all the time. You know, that's why I auditioned for Into the Woods. Um, yeah. And I, But here's, here's, here's a really good thing that I did. I put down all of my conflicts and my preferences. Mm. And I said, and I said to myself, okay, I might, as much as I want to do just between you and I, I want to do a Steven Sondheim musical because, and not only that, I would like to do this one. First off, you say between you and I, but like you no, just yeah, said it on the podcast. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, so yeah. everybody that listens is going to Whatever, know. whatever. Everybody you else plug I mean. your ears during that part, please. Nobody listen to this. Uh, Odie, between you and I, um, <laughs> there's, well, there's, so like, I, I want to do a Sondheim musical. I, I don't think the part that I tried out for is Cinderella's Prince. So Prince Charming. Mm -hmm. I personally don't think past because I'm 37. I don't think that you should play Prince Charming past 37. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think you should do that. I think it's it's a younger role. Uh, I think this is the last time I could probably even get away with it, right? Well, let's see. Because we were just Chris talking Klein about the fast played that role. Uh, probably. Let's find uh, out. 35, 38. Let's I don't out. know. Yeah, look it up. But. So, like, I signed up and I put in all my conflicts and I accepted. I said to myself, I was like, you might not get this part because of those. And 34. 34. See? Okay. I I would not cast him as Prince Charming now 
Mm-mm. Right? Well, and this was like now, 2014 so. when it came out, right? 2014, Am I right? exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's much older now. He's yeah, he's a he's, decade older. He's, he's 44. 44, yeah. <laughs> you, do, you don't do, like, and, and I, I, I was explaining this to a friend of mine. I was like, I was like, listen, I'll try out for the like the the only reason I would play Prince try out for Prince Charming now is because I would not play Prince Charming again. Mm-hmm. Like I would not like 38. Nope. Not trying out for that part. And part of it is you and you have to be aware of this. Like if you're ever going to do community theater or like, you know, a theatrical endeavors of a smaller scale is a lot of times depending on the varying ages that try out for these things. Like you've got people age ranging from like 18 to 45, you know? And so for me at 37, I'm like, all right, Prince, Prince Charming's pushing it. (laughs) Like you got to start trying out for being like older characters. You're going to be Cinderella's dad in the next one. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's what I'm thinking is you're more, you're more of a baker, you know, you're not. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so like, So I tried out and I, and I, I really looking at the schedule, I was like, my schedule is about to get tight. It's going to be in hustle mode because I have other things that I'm trying to accomplish. I have other goals and commitments. So that means that I'm just, I'm busy, you know? Uh, and, and when I looked at that, I was like, all right, am I willing to sacrifice that time to be that busy? And the answer was, yeah, like, I I think it would be fulfilling. Um, but then after that, you know, and I'm going to, probably not try out for anything else (laughs) for a little bit you know like once again and the only reason like my friend kelly bless her uh she had messaged me three different times to audition for this part well not this part but this this musical right um and the first time i was like well i'm kind of taking a break from stuff right and then the second time same answer i was telling other people like i'm taking a break from theater and then the third time when she asked me it kind of came down to like well hasn't it been two and a half months already since Adam's family? <laughs> like that's a break. <laughs> like, so, so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to swallow my, um, yes, yes, you're right. Yeah. It's, it, it, that's a break. Two and a half months is a break. Let's, let's see if we can do something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of hustle culture, some people who've got a hustle away from a bomb in the first episode, um, right, right, Mr. Right, right, and right. Mrs. Smith. I watched uh, the first two. You did. Yes. Me too. I and watched I, the second one today, actually, I this morning. Started the third episode, but then I was just like, "Oh man, I'm so tired." Yeah. What? Well, okay. The third episode? So yeah, yeah, yeah. What What did you think about Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Okay, so here's the thing. I'm not sure. Here's I'm, the thing. I'm not sure how much, based off the two and a half episodes I've seen, if I'm gonna enjoy the direction because. And okay. minor spoilers, but I'm also guessing. So keep Pew-pew, that in mind. Spoilers. The first two episodes very much makes it feel like, and I was kind of hoping they would keep it as they aren't going to be romantically involved. I was kind of hoping they would be more like best friends. Okay. And then the start of the third episode, they're like very much hooking up lovey-dovey in a relationship. And I can already tell that this is going towards they're going to fail because they're in love with each other. Then they're going to go on the run from the agency that they work for. And yes. then they're going to have conflicts with each other because they like each other, but they're the reason that each other failed. And it's going to be like a cat and mouse game. And I got to be honest, yeah. that isn't as interesting as two people 
forced to play a couple, working for an agency, carrying out missions. I, I feel like did, I would... Did mm-hmm. you see the original Mr. and Mrs. Smith? The 1990s with um the guy from Quantum Leap or the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie movie from 2005? The, both. Scott, Scott Bakula one? Both. So, I mean, obviously there's a huge difference between this one and the movie because in the movie they're competing agents who have to then take out each other, which is uh-huh. an interesting concept. Doug Lyman was the director on that one, actually. In but, the movie, they're they're both not even aware. Yeah, exactly. Agents. Yeah. The 90s one with Scott Bakula is in the similar vein to this one where – Yes, that's right. what I'm talking about. And, and look – I Again, like I understand if this is how it's supposed to go, this is how it's supposed to go, but I I kinda liked and I thought they were setting it up with Paul Dano's character that maybe Jane was gonna kind of be like, Oh, I like him. How can I how can I be with somebody if I'm technically married? Like and that uh-huh. might set a conflict up that maybe John likes Jane, but Jane doesn't like John and Jane wants to be with other people. Like to me, and I mean again, it's all subjective. I think that that's a more compelling storyline than them immediately falling for each other and being like fuck buddies. Like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. and again, I'm only on episode three, so we'll see. Yeah. But I, I liked where it was going in episode two and I'm a little disappointed of where it picked up in episode three. Uh, okay. Well, here's, <laughs> I messaged you and said that I was digging it, but it's because it wasn't the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where they're like, like we didn't even know that we were secret agents. You know, like that's stupid. and And I like how like grounded and down to earth it is. And it's kind of it's not necessarily just an espionage thing. And even the espionage stuff is very like I I feel like once I'm going to use this word grounded, right? Like it's not yeah. like it's not like here's our crazy awesome weapon Hack into the terminal. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Satellite like, ping. Yeah, and like they're trying to figure out these missions while they do them. And um, in the yeah, first episode, qualified. like watching them just converse and do reconnaissance together and yeah. like really get their bearings, I was like, oh, cool. This is nice. Like they feel more real and human as characters yeah and i think for that alone like the acting and even i would say the direction because i really i've actually i've I've enjoyed both episodes so far yeah um i i'll i'll watch it like i thought it was good and it's a refreshing take on espionage or you know like spy thriller because both of them just sign up for this job they're just like yeah Yeah, they're not very qualified do this job and I kind of like – I like that aspect a lot. I mean I'll watch this whole series because I love Donald Glover. Like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like I'm going to watch it because he he is the, my favorite part of this show. And again, He's I love Donald good. Glover. Yeah. But yeah, I like – I, I Erskine's great too. Yeah, she's – I don't know her from a lot of stuff other than the voice of Mizu and Blue-Eyed Samurai if I'm being honest. But she's, she's awesome. She's great. She's great. I liked – it's funny because in the first episode I watched about – 25 minutes and then i was like ah eh, this isn't yeah. doing it for me i'm gonna turn this off and do some other stuff but i was like i'll come back to it and yeah. it's really funny because i texted you that and then i came back to it and literally five minutes later the bomb goes off and i was oh, like yeah. oh like if i had just you know waited five more minutes this show would have gotten a lot more interesting i think my biggest complaint with this show right now is it's too slow there are too many oh that's scenes. what i like about it see and like I, I, I totally That's understand what people, I like about it. <laughs> I get why people would appreciate that. But like in episode two, the scene with John Tortoro where they're pretending yeah. to be dogs 
for like a minute and a half, almost two minutes of actual screen time. I'm like, that okay. was great. What are you talking about? See, and like, I understand it, but I also feel like where, where it picks up in episode three, like still not a lot has happened because it's so slow. That's and fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with a slow burn. I think the bear is a very good example of a slow burn. Like that first season is pretty slow when you think about what yeah. they're working towards and how they get there. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like I feel like a show can be too slow and I'm not opposed to a slow burn, but this one, a lot of the time when I'm watching, I'm just like, like, I know this is going somewhere, but like, I kind of just want you to go ahead and like, maybe move it on along a little bit. Yeah. But that's just me. I no, I actually, that it's funny that that's exactly what I like about it is it's slower. Mm. There's not a ton of action yet. Uh, There's, I like that they're both, getting to know each other, spying on each other, like, you know, like mess like messing with each other, but not in any like crazy overt way. I think I think they've done a really good job of playing the drama in a more real way. Um and like you said, even in the scene where they're like pretending to be dogs, like yeah, that it took some time. Like you're really rooted in that moment, you know? Yeah. Um and the miscommunications that they have and like di- just the way that they both approach problems differently. Like I I think it's a really nice commentary upon people who are looking for a relationship and also people who are looking for like meaning or like th- th- you know what they want to accomplish in life. Like both of them are kind of looking for all of those things and they end up in this situation yeah. where they're in this like not like at first definitely like a forced relationship and like now they're kind of realizing oh well maybe we can make this a real thing and then you know they even set it up like the first scene you see a mr and i was gonna talk about that right and like they they set you up they're like here are the stakes this is a mr and mrs smith and they are on the run (laughs) And and they're both tired of running and i'm guessing they're on the run and see this is what i'm worried about and again this is me i'm worried that that was basically just a teaser for what's going to happen to Donald Glover and Maya Erskine's character where they're going to fail and then go on the run from the agency and it's just going to kind of be the same thing. Which, again, is fine because we obviously met the first Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, uh, which, by the way, what a weird choice to cast Alexander Skarsgård and then kill him off in five minutes. Spoiler Love alert, it. I, I guess. Love which, like, it. I'm fine with that, but I was like, Oh, Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, half your cheek is gone. Oh, you're dead. The okay. cameos in this show are great. Love it. And I'm a huge cameo fan. I I love one of my favorite cameos of all time is 21 Jump Street with Jonah uh-huh. Hill and Channing Tatum when yeah. Johnny Depp and the other guy from the original show show up and then immediately yeah, the just one. get gunned down. They just immediately yeah, get gunned down. I love that. Um, so great. But I'm wondering, right, and why I'm intrigued mm-hmm. on this show is the people that hunt them down right we see this in the very beginning Mm -hmm. are there's two of them i'm wondering is there two yes there was one in the car and the sniper there might have been more there was only two that we saw so going off of the knowledge that we only saw two yeah i have two theories one that is another mr and mrs smith team that strictly exists to hunt down rogue mr and mrs smith teams so they're gonna pop up just a mission hang on or they're, and they're going to pop up later to hunt down Donald Glover and Maya Erskine's John and Jane. Or, and this is what I'm really hoping for, that was Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. And that is one of their missions towards the end of the show or something. Like, I think that would be, cool. be so, I think, and again, I don't want to get my hopes up for it. But if that turns out to be another Mr. and Mrs. Smith, 
like team or something, even the ones we're following, that yeah. would be cool. Oh yeah. No, I definitely like it. I like the way that they're being like, I like that they get the little like, hi, hi, here's the mission. Here's the update, you know? And then yeah. at the end it's either like mission complete or mission fail. Right. Yeah. And that's it. Like there's it's complete or fail. That's it. You have yeah. to follow these criteria. You either complete it or you fail. You're a team. Here's, you know, you're employed here for as long as you're employed here or whatever. Right. Yeah. I love it. I, I mean, honestly, it's got potential. I'm digging it. I'm, I'm digging it. I think I just need to move past. I, I guess I just ultimately didn't want them to be in a relationship because it's called just, Mr. And Mrs. I, I think it, again, I, I personally was kind of hoping it would be more of a conflict of them being in a relationship to the pop, like to everybody they meet, but not, but wanting to be with other people. Like that was a conflict I was hoping for, but I just need to move past it and, and see what happens <laughs> with the show because I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, Ron Perlman's I, yeah. in this at some point. Oh, I yeah, saw him in the yeah, trailer. Yeah. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it's good. And, like, I haven't watched a good espionage thing in a long time, you know? So, like, and you were talking about going to see Argyle this weekend. You didn't mm, go see it. So, so I was storm. like, yeah, I'll watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That would be good. I am going to um, see Argyle at some point. It'd probably just be during the week when the snow's gone. Yeah. I, I, you know, espionage films, there's there's only so many tropes you can follow in espionage, right? Like, you watch yeah. Slow Horses. Mr. and Mrs. Smith is, like, slower horses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but, like... There's only so many things that you can do, right? You know, it's like we got a team and there's a job and the job, maybe something goes wrong with the job or there's something that we didn't account for. And now we got to yeah. now we got to account for that. Like that's that's the plot all the time. <laughs> and I mean, I love a good espionage show because yeah. I and we've talked about this, but I think that there are some some concepts that work better as a mini series and keyword there is mini series one and done. And there yeah. are some concepts that work really good in a 90 minute format. And yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I, I, I like, I I'm excited that this is, what is it? Six episodes, seven, eight episodes. Do you think, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Smith are more about hustle culture or anti hustle culture? They strike me as anti. They just, i mean donald glover really? literally has a line say hustle culture because they're in it for the money baby well i was gonna say they are in it for the money but at the same time donald glover is also like we have a pool like yeah, they strike no, me as like i'm that. gonna do this job and then i'm gonna enjoy as much of this free amazing three-story new york town home with a composter on the roof and a movie room and a pool as i can as you should i mean i don't know how you sign up for a job like that and then immediately don't go oh yeah they'll probably kill me when i'm done working for them well, that's it. There was a, that's the other. That's scene. like my my first thought is like why, like there's so many shows or movies where like someone signs up for like a secret organization that they're now part of with like secret strike teams and stuff, and mm -hmm. it's like, like, why are you not thinking immediately like I'm gonna get knocked off if I ever leave? That's the thing. I was like, when they made that pact, I was like, that's foreshadowing. Yeah. They're like, let's make a lot of money and then leave, and I'm like, you mean make a lot of money and then and then be on stay. the run and then forever. stay? But like you're yeah. just gonna stay. Oh <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's or one of them will break the pact. Who knows? I think um, yeah, no, right it's a now, good show. I would put it at a six point five out of ten. Uh, I'd give it slightly higher, seven point yeah. five for me. Which but that's I think, because I like we'll the see. pace. We'll I like the happens. slow pace. I like that they're having these conversations that are like they they're meaningful and they have to do with the plot, but they don't necessarily move the plot along. They kind of just like give you an idea of like how this person's thinking at this moment in time. You know, like I think it's good. I, I really, really, a, really like the human element of the show. They're doing something that you you and I talk about a lot. They're not telling, 
they're doing a nice job of having these characters show us who they are through natural conversations like you're saying and then also showing us how they behave in certain situations exactly it's a lot of telling and showing and i i I do appreciate again going back to like my favorite example of this rebel moon where we just are told all this stuff about characters but never actually see them do anything about it yeah you know here's my backstory now three quarters of the way through the film so you know and understand everything i do for the rest of the film yeah 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 but no it's not bad i would check it out if you have amazon prime plus there's no ads right now for me on amazon prime which is cool Yo, all right. Wait, I'm going back to the high seas, baby. I'm, I, I can't <laughs> emphasize enough. Pirating is the it's back. It's I'm the not, future. I'm not. Yep, yeah, VPN and pirating. I can't like. Netflix is like here, pay fucking twenty five bucks to share your password with people or whatever. Oh. Hulu's about to crack down on passwords. Disney and like Max are all doing the same thing, and then they're making you pay to not have ads. And it's like, but that's why I originally got you. And they're like, yes, but now it costs more to not it's have cable ads. with and more it's just, steps. It's cable with more steps. It's so fucking dumb, which is the, you know, I've finished my fourth book this year already because I'm just, I'm so sick of that. Like, and I don't like, even with YouTube, you know, like I would sign into YouTube and there were just more and more ads. And I was like, I'm fucking done with this. Like the reason that I I moved over to these other mediums was because I was sick of advertising and I get it. That's where you make money. Yes, people need to make money. Okay, fine. You, you're making money. <laughs> we but get like, it. I'm just going to participate less because that's not what I want. Like, I don't, I don't want to pay th- fucking $4 a month to not have ads on a thing that I originally didn't have ads on. Like, it's so dumb. So, Pirate Bay, we're back, baby. We're yep. back in session. I'm a pirate again. Captain Kev is on his ship. That's funny. And I'm oh. just downloading shit again. It's, I don't care. You know, I oh, talked to I. T- <laughs> oh wait, I talked to Bo about this, and we both kind of were like, we would rather either just like if I want to watch a movie and I don't have the streaming service, I'll just yeah. pay like the the three bucks to rent it, or yeah, how how you and I have talked about buying it, and now we've learned our lesson not to buy it digitally, you buy it physically. Yeah, you can't because it ends up costing the same physically. Like if Mr. and Mrs. Smith comes out digitally and physically, you can bet I would just like, and I liked it. I would just buy it way. physically. Yeah. yeah, because then. Then I can watch it whenever the fuck I want. I don't have to worry about it going away yeah. from the streaming service forever, right? Yeah. Fucking, it's, it's so it's so ridiculous that like the the great like unbundling of things happened and now they're being rebundled, repackaged, and ads are coming back and like it's just so it's like it's it's one of the many things that makes me go okay, well that's something that I'm just going to avoid and avoid engagement with, you know. But like ultimately, at the end of the day. You know, I still one of my favorite pastimes is like reading, watching like everybody loves to be entertained. We love stories. Right. So for me, like at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still I'm I'm still logging in and watching it. And even if I don't have it, other people in my life do. So I'll probably log in on their stuff every once in a while and watch it. And, and, you know, but like ultimately, do I like it? No, Um, I'm only see in this realm. Right now, yeah. I am only starting TV shows if I know for a fact yeah. that I actually want to watch it. And Mr. There's Mrs. Smith, too many to watch. Mr. And Mrs. Smith has been on my list since it was announced. Yeah. Uh, the Fallout show in April is on my list. Yeah. Um, 
Umbrella Academy season four this year is on my list. The Avatar yep. Last Airbender show is on my list. But I'll be honest with you, like I was scrolling through Apple TV and I was like, oh, this is the Austin Butler World War II plane one. Oh, I should finish Monarch. Oh, I should finish this. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. No, because if nope. I haven't gotten to it already, then I, I don't want to. So we're back um, to time management, which right now. Speaking I'm of time management, I, I, I poorly managed my bladder. I have to pee right now. I have to go. Go. Okay. I'm just going to talk about this. <laughs> what I was going to say while well, Kevin goes to the restroom, the El Baño, if you will, is like there are a lot of TV shows to watch. And I think everybody at some point wants to try to watch these TV shows because they look interesting. They could be interesting and maybe they are great. But I think it's also important to pick and choose the ones that are actually the ones you really want to watch and consume. You know, we Kevin and I talk a lot about consumption and being careful with your consumption. And for me, and you'll hear in the jams shortly, like I would rather go to the movie theaters, which is what I'm doing this year. And then also being very careful about what TV shows I start because I have a tendency to start a TV show and then it can be kind of hard to finish them because it might be 10 episodes. It might be eight episodes. Maybe they're 45 minutes. Maybe they're an hour. Some TV shows, you know, an hour, like an hour and 15 an episode. So I don't know. I think being careful about which TV shows I start personally to make sure that I have the time to finish them. And if I'm hooked on the show, I okay. you know want to actually finish oh it out. God. That is important to I'm me back. and Jesus. Kevin's back. Perfect timing. You know, I just finished my thought. My bathroom is like 10 feet away. And it like I you know like when when you're going so long that you're just like you're like wow I this this is a long time <laughs> like <laughs> I um, I was just standing there the whole time I was like this is very yes I'm very glad I went now <laughs> I uh I drank coffee so maybe we should move into jams because I have yeah. something else to take care of oh there you go baby <laughs> uh yeah well but, I was gonna yeah. yeah I was gonna jump into that and say what is your jam uh so. I was just saying to the lovely listeners while you're going to the bathroom, long story short, I'm being careful about what TV shows I start because, again, time management and also I start yep. too many TV shows and lose interest. So if I say I'm going to start one, I'm watching it all the way through, which is why I'm being careful which ones I start. So my consumption now is uh, I've been playing Fallout 4. I nice. really like a good game. Fallout yep. is incredible, dude. I like Fallout 4. That's a good one. I fucking love Fallout. And what I love about this is – and what I've been doing is not That's every day. That's the one with day, the giant uh, Abe Lincoln at the end, right? Liber Liberty Prime. Yeah, I think so. It's been a is while. It, it's since like I've Abe Lincoln's through. head, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. Liberty it's Prime. That, but yeah, that's yeah, Fallout yeah. Three. That's in the DC setting. No, no, it's it's giant Abe Lincoln or I don't. know. It's a giant. Yeah. Either robot. way. I yeah. I haven't played Fallout Four in a while, but what I love about a game like this is I can log in, I can jump on, and I can go okay. I'm going to go do I'm going to go investigate this building and then mm -hmm. maybe that takes me 30 45 minutes and I go okay that's it for today. Yeah. I'll go I'll chip away tomorrow or yeah. maybe not even tomorrow like I don't even play every day like but when I jump on I can play for an hour I can play for I can play for 20 minutes and just jump on and do a couple things real quick. I love yeah. that it does not matter. I this game is going to be at my pace and it's just yeah. It it feels nice to have something that I'm not like what I was saying like I start this TV show and now I'm on episode two and it's like, okay, well now I have free time. Well, I guess since I have 45 minutes, I, I should probably watch episode three because like I started this show and I hate that feeling of like, mm. well now if we're going to watch something, well, it has to be this thing. 
But mm. if I'm not super dedicated or interested in it. Well, you and I have talked about this before. I'm totally cool dropping shows. Like if a show's not great in the first episode, I don't have to wait. I'll let somebody else summarize it to me. I'm I'm more than happy to let people who have enjoyed something share that joy with me yeah. rather than me having to watch it. Like sometimes people are like, oh, you got to watch this show. And I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to have the time. Tell me the things you loved about it. Yeah. You know? That's why I like week-to-week shows. Honestly, like, yeah. I-, I can't believe I'm going back because I used to be against them. I'm like, oh, they dropped all eight episodes? Cool, I'm going to binge it. But now I'm like, oh, my God, so nice to know that, like, if I start a TV show, I only have to really worry about watching it once a week. And it's kind of yes. cool to have that, like, time period in between. Like, I don't know. I but That's my jam. Fallout 4, love it. There's new expansions. I'm excited to get to them eventually. Nice. Looking forward to it. My jam is a show. Uh... <gasps> that I had only seen posts about the artwork from it and some of the quotes and it looked so weird and beautiful and interesting that I was just like, yep, I'm going to watch this. And it's called Scavenger's Rain. It was an adult swim produced show. Um, It's animated, (laughs) but it's sci-fi. It reminds me of like, I don't know. It reminds me of like cartoon sushi back in the day on MTV. I don't know if you remember that, Odie, but like that was like late night cartoon stuff oh. on MTV. It's like it's really, really good. It's about a ship that crashes in a system. Um, there's all these weird like animals and monsters and bugs cool. and stuff. Yeah. And like it's really, really interesting. And you're following these characters as they attempt to get back to their ship. I'm pretty sure. Like, like there's a lot going on, but it's really, 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 really cool. Like you have these, these, these disparate, right? So these separated, uh, individuals, there's, there's a guy who's like by himself that is, he's got like a beard and he looks all ragged when you first meet him. And he's like in this really dangerous part of the world. Well, they're all the, all, all the parts of the world are dangerous. And then there's like, there's an unlikely duo of like an older gentleman who I think was the captain and a lady who was on the ship. And then there's this other woman with a, like an AI, like a robot, right? Named hmm. Levi. Um, and the woman in Levi, as they're traveling, like Levi starts to have more than just like robot thoughts and feelings. Like, and like, it's really cool how that un- unfolds. And like the, um, the unlikely couple of the guy and the girl are always like they're trying to figure out how to work together to survive and what actually does work for them in their survival. And then you've got, um, and then you've got this other dude who's like really ragged and like in this like desperate survival type situation. And it's really cool to see how all of them are approaching this and dealing with like their past and just like it, it, it does a really good job of balancing out like the flashbacks that give you the necessary information about who these people are with like the present day adventure that's currently happening. Yeah. So, yeah I'm not really saying it's on max. It's got really good ratings. Does it? Yeah. It has an, uh, an 8.7. Oh, hell yeah. No, so. I just, I honestly just saw some art and I saw a couple people appreciate it and I was like, yeah, I'll check that out. And I the like episodes the are level. only like 24 minutes. So that's really nice. Uh, so I watched a few last night. Nice. Yeah. Have to check that out. And that's all we got for this week. That's yeah. it. We're that's just it. done with the podcast. It's well it's, done. It's all. What are you gonna? What are you doing today? What are you? What do you have to do now? <sighs> well, it's Sunday. So, <laughs> I. It's Sunday. 
I uh, I'm gonna have to check football. Out. No, God, no. No, I'm um, just kidding. I'm gonna have to meal prep, grocery shop, same, and uh, nothing. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm gonna. Today is a, a little bit of anti-work day. culture. <laughs> well, I, I I'm good for YouTube. I'm 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 mapped out for YouTube for two weeks. Nice. So now I get to kind of just work on stuff. I'm working on a. I'm finally starting my video essay on Fast and Furious. Like finally. Nice. Finally starting it. So I wanted to make sure I had some room where I finally wanted to work on it for like an hour a day for the next two weeks. I wouldn't feel like, oh my god, I gotta get this done right now. You know. Okay. So that's my plan. Nice. I'm going to do a little bit of nothing today as well. And probably all the same stuff you just said, man. I mean, honestly. Yep. That's it. It feels like a good day to do all that stuff. Yeah. Well, it rained and then snowed and then it got down to like 10 degrees. So the snow is like ice. So Um, it took me like 30 minutes to clear off my car this morning. Damn. So fun. Damn. Yeah. I hate it. Good. But it'll melt because it's now, now it's. 40 de- yeah it's 40 degrees and sunny right now so it's it's gonna melt yep welcome to colorado welcome welcome to just life in the 21st century baby yeah <laughs> that's what's up it's ice and then it's melting and then it's ice and then it's yeah, yeah yeah that's how it goes well i hope you have a phenomenal day i hope our listeners have a phenomenal day phenomenal i hope day. our i hope anybody listening to this right now i hope you have the best day that you could possibly have i hope that you don't feel burnt out i hope that you don't feel like uh, you're not getting enough you time, right? Uh, I wish you nothing but the best viewer people. I wish you nothing but the people. worst. <gasps> Odie. We gotta have that. Why? The counterbalance here. <laughs> I, I, well, I hope that the best wins out. Me too. See you. All right. All right, bye. Bye. bye.